Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yet another liberal MP has been found guilty of breaking ethics laws. A Canadian think tank says Justice Minister David Lametti should back off from plans to expand assisted suicide to Canadians with mental illnesses. Will Toronto Mayor John Tory actually resign? The embattled mayor may end up going back on his word. Hello Canada, it's Wednesday, February 15th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Anthony Fury. And I'm Andrew Lawton. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Conflict of Interest and Ethics Commissioner Mario Dion has cited yet another Liberal MP for contravening ethics laws by signing a letter of support for a broadcasting company's application. According to a report from Dion's office, Greg Fergus, the MP for Hull Eilmer and Parliamentary Secretary to Justin Trudeau, broke the law when writing a letter supporting Natif Incorporated's broadcasting license application to the CRTC. The judgment reads, Quote, Commissioner Dion found that the letter of support was intended to influence a CRTC decision in order to further the private interests of Natif Incorporated. Commissioner Dion determined that Mr. Fergus sought to improperly further Natif Incorporated's private interests because he intervened in the decision-making process of a quasi-judicial tribunal. Now, this latest ethics violation comes only a few short months after International Trade Minister Mary Eng was also found to have broken ethics laws by hiring the public relations company of her friend Amanda Alvaro, who's also a regular CBC pundit, for federal contract work. Other liberals found to have broken ethics codes include Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who was cited for violating the law twice, former finance minister and liberal MP Bill Morneau, as well as liberal minister Dominic LeBlanc. Andrew Lawton, I think that sort of says it all there, that we have a number of liberal MPs, that this is just the latest person added to the mix. Yeah, and when you see this happening in so many different capacities with MPs, ministers, the prime minister, it does strike me that there is a culture there where this sort of thing is allowed. And again, how can you blame Greg Fergus, who's the parliamentary secretary to Justin Trudeau, for not taking the letter of the ethics laws seriously when Justin Trudeau has broken those laws numerous times with impunity? I mean, it's very difficult for the liberals to really have a tough grip on this stuff when their leader is leading by example and basically saying that these things are are beneath them. Yeah, no kidding. And I'll never forget when Mary Dawson was in Dion's post during her outgoing remarks, she said if there's one thing she would like to have changed about the position, it's that when people are fined or found guilty, that there's some teeth to it, that it means something. Bill Morneau faced a $200 fine. Bill Morneau is, of course, worth many, many millions of dollars, him and his wife. So that's obviously totally meaningless. And Dawson felt like, look, if we're going to say you're guilty of something, well, then there has to be some repercussions. So What's been set here is that you're found guilty. Okay, that's kind of meaningless. And then you just say this phrase, I take responsibility by by doing nothing. And there you go. 
everything's fine. And, and that is the standard that has actually been set now. Yeah, absolutely. And and look, there's there are degrees of these things. And not everything is meant to be a, a fireable offense or resignation-worthy offense. But you have to have some teeth to these things. And, and when you have a, a maximum penalty in many cases that's $500, and we see that they can just like Teflon dismiss this by issuing a statement saying, oh, I apologize, I'll do better next time. They're clearly not working. These laws are clearly not disincentivizing the very behavior they're meant to deal with. Will the Trudeau government once and for all back off its plans to expand assisted suicide to those suffering from mental illnesses only? The director of Cardis's health program, Cardis is a fantastic faith-based think tank in Canada, Rebecca Vachon, says the results of a recent poll Cardis delivered should be a wake-up call to Minister David Lametti. The Angus Reid poll released Monday showed 51% of Canadians said they opposed the expansion of medical assistance in dying to Canadians whose sole condition is a mental rather than a, a physical degenerative illness. Uh, Vachon says, quote, the government should work to ensure Canadians can access all mental health and social services they need before even considering the possibility of expansion. Vachon's comments come two weeks after Minister Lametti announced the government would be deferring the implementation of its assisted suicide uh, policy changes for mental illness another year due to safety concerns. Lametti said the program needed more time to safeguard against Canadians accessing assisted death without proper cause. When you look at these poll numbers, and I, I think in general the discourse around this, this. this is not a fight being waged by social conservatives only. This is cutting across a number of different political sectors. We've got mental health groups frustrated with this, uh, disability rights groups frustrated with this. And quite frankly, this is something that the liberals have no excuse for taking this long to really acknowledge the problems of. No, I think you're totally right, Andrew. And when we say 51% are opposed to it, that doesn't mean 49% are in support. It's a much smaller number. And then there's uh, obviously a number of shades of grays in the middle there. And that point there that Vashan says that social services uh, need to be provided more adequately before this is even a possibility. I think a lot of people are looking at this and they see the anecdotes of someone saying, I'm, I'm considering assisted suicide because I can't pay my rent or I'm going to be living in squalor. I, I was offered assisted suicide because... Uh, Veterans Affairs Canada can't get me the wheelchair ramp I need in, in, in the time I'm asking for it. Like this sort of crazy stuff where we're saying, well, why are you just using assisted suicide as a, oh, well, you know, we don't want to fund more robust services in other categories. So just take this instead. It's easier to, to get rid of you. And is that how Justin Trudeau is selling this? Is this what anybody's actually intending with this? No, I don't think so at all. But that's almost becoming a default. And this is not a question of left, right, or what have you. I mean, this is a question of like basic human decency. How do we feel about this becoming a trend line for our fellow Canadians? And pretty much everybody's uncomfortable with it. I also think there's a, a more fundamental question here, and I, I don't know if everyone agrees on this, which is whether assisted suicide is meant to be one of many options or if it's meant to be a last resort. And, and I don't know if the answer to that is as clear cut as people think. What do you make of that? No, that's a very good point. And there's lots of people who have a libertarian sensibility. I mean, that's generally the philosophy I fall under where it's like, okay, if there's an adult of sound mind who's determined to do something, who am I to tell them what they can or can't do with their bodies? Fine. But you can still layer on top of that view the whole, wait a second, this person wants to end their life because they don't have access to proper food or housing. Like that's clearly the problem here. And I think that's how uh, pretty much everybody's seeing it. 
Will John Tory actually resign as mayor of Toronto? According to a lot of media reports, some politicians are urging the disgraced mayor not to resign. That includes Ontario Premier Doug Ford, Deputy Prime Minister Christy Freeland, and the Toronto Police Union being among uh, those entities that have reached out to indicate their support for Tory. Now, according to a source close to the mayor, Ford Freeland and the police union urged him to reconsider resigning after he announced that he would be stepping down following a report that revealed he had had an inappropriate relationship with a junior staff member during the pandemic. Now, there's also a movement underway by some city councillors at City Hall in Toronto encouraging him to reconsider his resignation and stay on. Now, on Monday, Tory indicated that he will remain in his mayoral role until after the budget deliberations at City Council. However, it is not clear if he will resign on Wednesday or later on after the budget has fully passed. Andrew Lawton, a lot of people in Toronto saying this whole thing is just a mess. I mean, it's one thing to resign and it's another thing to move into this territory where you're thinking of rescinding your resignation. Well, and again, he can't rescind a resignation he hasn't actually issued. And I think this is the important point here is that saying you'll do something at a press conference does not amount to doing it. And it's that old line, how can we miss you if you haven't actually gone anywhere? I, I think if he's going to do the honorable thing and resign, he has to actually resign or at the very least provide a date. I mean, he's been couching this and uh, ambiguity in terms of, well, we need a peaceful transition and there's a budget. It's, well, if the whole point is that you're resigning, why are you staying for this last hurrah? So at the very least, he needs to give a very precise and specific date. And I do wonder if he's having some reconsideration here. Now, part of the problem is when he resigned, he said, I am resigning to put my family first and to repair my marriage and to show my commitment to my wife. So if he does not resign, is he just saying, well, that actually doesn't matter. Screw all of that. Screw them. Is that the tone he's setting? Because that's uh, quite an icky tone there. I think a lot of people would be uncomfortable with that. Oh, for sure. And if he does this whole thing, well, you know, I was planning to resign, but the people said they want me. And I, I mean, my family said they're okay with it. It would be a very convenient arc to this story for John Tory. I, I think the very least he should do, because he has made this commitment to resign, is stand in the by-election if he thinks that he deserves another mandate and the people truly want him back. No, it's an excellent point. I think one thing that's going to change as well is he's going to have a much rougher ride moving forward. John Tory has done a very good job managing the message and managing opposition in Toronto throughout these number of years as mayor. He is a former media executive, being an executive at Rogers, and he was the host of uh, the top-rated drive-home talk show in Toronto for several years before becoming mayor. He knows everybody. He knows the regular media folks. He knows the executives. And, and he's able to talk to people behind the scenes to sort of soften criticism about him. All gloves are off now. Those days are over. And you better believe no stone will be left unturned. Does he want to expose himself to that? He's already going to face an integrity commissioner investigation on this and maybe other things. I think a lot of people are asking is there more to this story than we currently know? And I have no clue what the answer is to that, but people will be asking that question. They will be probing it. Things are going to be different moving forward. Oh, they will. And, and I mean, the whole point of John Tory coming into this role after Rob Ford was there was that he said that he was going to be the, the stable force, the unifier, the scandal-free guy, the bland guy. And when all of a sudden you rock this office with a scandal of your own making, uh, you really aren't delivering on what I think was that fundamental premise that you relied on for getting elected in the first place. That's it for today, and don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know.
And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.